Rowan. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. All right. We have a great show for you today, sort of a number of things that we're going to be covering today that I'm hoping, um, oh, here, we, we're here. I just don't hmm. know why they're, okay. So JC and I are having a little bit of technical difficulties. Wanted to make sure we're still here. Not sure why we're not here, but uh, we are here. So, hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Loud I, I, and clear. I, I can see us on my YouTube feed, but I don't know. On, on the YouTube on our computer, we're not there. But it looks like we're live and folks can see us. So Success. appreciate you guys being here. Well, um, so everybody knows, I hope everybody knows at this point, that I went to Washington, D.C. last week because we did the show from the hotel room and we had our, our fun with the <laughs> technology there, too. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to sort of tell you a couple things that I learned from my meeting with the Health and uh, Human Services, HHS, and how I sort of bumped heads with the bureaucracy <laughs> How fun was that, Chrisanne, bumping heads with the bureaucracy. And so why I met with the lead counsel for Health and Human Services Faith-Based Initiative and the Health and Human Services Public Relations hmm. Representative. Cool. Right? So I went to talk about how mandatory vaccinations violate religious liberty. It's an, if, it's an article that I wrote on the website, chrisannhall.com, how, how mandatory vaccinations violate religious liberty. How, uh, and, and by the way, I, I did this with, with mostly with the help from Matt Staver's Liberty Council. They had already done a whole bunch of of research and pulled all this stuff together and it's just absolutely amazing. I wonder, JC, how many people know that vaccinations, that that uh, many vaccinations were, were created by the use of aborted fetal tissue? And not only that, there are vaccinations that contain aborted fetal tissue. And so, I, I mean, as a Christian, to be really kind of ambivalent about that seems a bit hypocritical. If you're going to be pro-life, I don't know how you can can even feel good about that. No. And think about this. You know, here's here's what the what the atheists say. Well, you make vaccinations out of. Uh, pig fetus, you make a vaccination out of a cat fetus, we've been making vaccinations out of horses, what's the difference? You're making a vaccination out of a out of tissue in a woman's body. Yeah, right. I, I don't think you're going to ever win over someone that makes an ar argument like that. To but as Christians, we don't make that argument. Right. We sure. draw that distinction. Not only that, as a lot of you know, uh, my undergraduate degree is biochemistry. And what really opened my eyes to vaccination, this is actually before I knew about the aborted fetal tissue thing, is that there is more, more mercury 
injected into our children's bodies that I was allowed to have in a laboratory without a permit because mm. it was too dangerous, right? Right. And so I brought my article, I brought Matt Staver's uh, Liberty Council article. I, I went to sit down and talk to them and they were completely cold. I mean, this is the faith-based initiative people. Sure. This is the Christian, or, I'm sorry, the faith-based wing of the Health and Human Services. Remember, George Bush started the faith-based initiatives. And so it's they're supposed to be looking out to make sure that the executive agencies are following principles of religious liberty. And they were cold, and they were resistant, and all I got was, well, the science is settled that vaccinations save lives. So, well, I said, you know, I mean, the science is out there that vaccinations also kill people. But those, Vaccinations also cause autism. But isn't that not the argument? I mean, that's not, that's aside the point that you're making. That yeah, that's aside the point. has nothing to do with that. Well, but the, their argument is the science is settled, it saves lives, therefore it trumps your rights. No, but I mean, that's like saying, you know, uh, you you can eat another human being and live, right? You, right. You can sort of get nutrition to an extent. That that doesn't make it right or mean that I want to. That's I mean that's from that's beside the right. point. This right. is and, kind of an ethical argument. I said, Look, I'm not against vaccinations. Create all the vaccinations you want. I'm against being forced to take a vaccination. I'm being for. I'm against being uh, forced as a parent to give my child this vaccination. And since the science is not settled, I, I told him. I said, "Well, you know, the science used to be settled on man-made climate change too, but now we know that that's up for grabs. So, if the government is a representative of the people, why not show both sides and let the people choose?" Yeah. Then you have that Aaron argument that unvaccinated children threaten vaccinated children. Yeah, ever and everybody's on this quick in the uh, in the chat room. Mm -hmm. uh, science has never settled. That's science. Scientific method never. Yeah, I mean, right, that, exactly. that's the whole point of exactly. it. <laughs> How do you say? Oh, so, it's settled, settled. So here's the bottom line, and this is why I, I wanted to tell you this because I know that there are a lot of you out there that financially support us. And we need that financial support. Without that financial support, I can't go to Health and Human Services and butt heads with the bureaucracy, okay? Mm -hmm. But we learn things, right? I think when you're, when you're navigating through the political system, it's sort of like walking through a maze in the dark, right? Yeah. So you're walking and walking and walking and you keep walking until you hit a wall. And then you sort of feel and then you keep walking in, along the wall until you hit an opening and that's how you work. Well, I hit a wall in Health and Human Services, and I want to tell you how this worked. This, and, and I thought of all places I might have an inroad for this argument for Health and Human Services through the faith-based initiative, because this is a religious liberty argument, right? And I put in front of them two documents written by people who not only know the law, but know the Constitution about how mandating vaccinations violates religious liberty principles, okay? They weren't, they, the, oh, yeah, we know this. Oh, yeah, we know this. Okay, fine. The PR lady did not know this, but the council knew this. So she, the PR lady was, I had another woman with me, and she said to me, my goodness, that woman was a cold, heartless bleep, right? 
this PR woman was just, I don't even, how do you get to be public relations and have a cold, prickly personality? I, I don't get that. So here's the bottom line. This is what I'm telling you. And this is what you need to know. Both of these women, the chief counsel for Health and Human Service Faith-Based Initiative and their PR representative told me, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. We take our marching orders from the CDC and the NIH, and we understand that people agree with you, but we can't do anything unless the CDC or the NIH tells us. So, so they don't answer to the president nor to the Congress, nor anybody else. Nor they, there's, the so now these are people, who, who are you you're saying they're in what agency? Health and Human Services. So Health and Human service, an Services. An executive agency. An executive agency under the President of the under United the States. Under the President of the United States. Saying that, it says that their boss is actually another executive agency. Is another ex executive agency, that's right. Interesting. She told me, I said, look, I'm here to appeal to you I, I wanted you to realize, because I had spoken to her before very briefly, and she gave, she gave me the whole brush off, and I, and I brought this stuff to her. I want you to know that the objections to vaccinations are not a fringe thing anymore. You have people awakening in large numbers. This is a growing, powerful constituency in America. Not to mention scientists from Harvard and, yes. and many other places. A, which that's interesting, you know, the... This is, you know, people saying here and there, and this is debunked, that is debunked. What is debunked, right? Because right. De debunked, the thing that you say is debunked means that group of science scientists said it's not true. Well, then you can walk four blocks, and here's another group of scientists, right, of the same level and mm -hmm. prestige and credentials, et cetera, and they say the opposite. So, so how, I don't understand how, like, for instance, Fred, by the way, and, you know, not trying to jump on you, Fred, but Fred said, uh, vaccinations don't cause autism. This has been debunked. However, again, there are many scientists of the same stature as other scientists say okay. it's debunked. And but here's wait a question, a minute, Fred. Me, here's a, a question, minute, Fred. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on, Fred. Fred, I don't know if you realize this, my friend, but we have a federal That's what I was gonna ask. agency yeah. that is paying out millions of dollars a year to families who have who to, to families of children who have autism because of vaccinations. Right. So if it's been debunked, why are your tax dollars <laughs> paying annual sums of money to families with children of who have autism from vaccinations? Not to mention we have money going out from this federal agency, our tax dollars paying families for wrongful death suits because of vaccinations. A wrongful, here, here's the amazing thing, JC, you and I learned this. When I was getting my hip replacement surgery at the VA hospital, the VA hospital, this is not an exaggeration, nearly killed me three times. Am I lying, JC? Nearly like dead, killed me three times. We went to an attorney to find out if we could sue the VA for medical malpractice. The VA attorney told us, you cannot sue the government doctors for malpractice. You can only sue them for wrongful death, right? So government doctors don't get sued. So to know that we have an entire agency paying out monies to families for wrongful death and for autism from vaccinations should be a clue 
to us, right? And and we like you said, there are Harvard doctors. You know what 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 the PR lady said to me? She said, "Well, Chrisanne, if if there are these experts, because we have the experts that tell us, the experts say, and the experts at the CDC and the experts at NIH. By the way, the NIH." The very same organization that is now being paid your tax dollars to create a new strain of bird flu, right? This is not, this is not, this is actually on major mainstream media. This is not somebody's tinfoil hat stuff. Your tax dollars are being paid to the National Institute of Health so their scientists can create a new strain of bird flu. Mm -hmm. Not a vaccination for bird flu, but a new strain of bird flu, right? So she says, we have all these experts that tell us all these things, right? Exactly, you're laughing. No, sorry, Donald distracted me. Okay, we have all these experts. She says, so if you have expert doctors that want to come out and, and, and bring their testimony and bring their you know, research, we would you know, bring it to the CDC. I'm sure they'd love to hear it. And I said, you know what? How did that help the scientists who spoke out against man-made climate change? Right. I said, these people come out. I told, I looked her straight in the face. I said, vaccinations are all about money. There's money behind this. There's pharmaceutical money. There's lobbying money behind this. I said, these doctors, I said, right now, uh, the lady with me had a, an article from a Harvard professor from the Harvard Medical School saying that unvaccinated children are no danger to vaccinated children. And she's, and I told her, I said, these well, people course, come out. They? Right. I mean, if that's you're vaccinated just, and it works, of, why would you say right. other children? You can't well, come to school, right? That's the thing. You, you haven't been vaccinated, you can't come to school because you're putting other kids in danger. Wait a minute. You, the other kids are vaccinated and you're saying vaccination works. Why would an unvaccinated kid put, put them in danger? Right. That doesn't right. make any sense. Right, exactly. It doesn't make any sense. So, But they don't because then people won't get vaccinated cause, because of the dangers out there. But I told her, I said, they, we have these experts. They come out and speak, but they're immediately ostracized. They're immediately uh, uh, shunned by their peer groups. It's the same way as, con as attorneys who step out and talk about original intent and talk about sure. the Constitution. It's the same thing that, that I said that you experience as faith-based people trying to fight for your religious liberty. And, and by the way, I would say, I would say this, and, and you're the biochemist. I mean, you, yes. I don't know if pe people know you as an attorney. Right. Your undergrad degree is in biochemistry. You worked as a biochemist before you went into the legal field. But, and, and I'm not a scientist, I'm not a biochemist or anything, but I don't, this is the thing, we're not arguing the science right. of vaccination. What we're arguing is choice. Now, and what I what do I mean by that? When you look at, for instance, what Fred is saying, and, and we appreciate you being out there, Fred. Uh, and he, here's the thing. This is how I would think about it. You, what I mean, he's saying it was debunked. So you have 600 scientists on this side saying pro-vaccination. Then you have 600 scientists on this side saying no, no. So, so how do you come to the conclusion this is debunked? If you do that, what you're saying, what you're basically doing is you're choosing this group of scientists over this group of scientists. And what is the basis for that? I think the reasonable thing under the principle of liberty is to say, wait a minute, this is not settled. We have equally credible scientists on this side saying no and this side saying yes. Therefore, in that case, you have to, you, you, you've got to give people the mm -hmm. choice. 
if there's enough information and incredible scientists saying there's possible danger, you can't say, no, no, we choose just to believe these scientists and right. now we're going to force you to do what those scientists say are dangerous just because we've chosen not to believe them. So that's not being honest. That's not being logical and reasonable than to say, oh, it's been debunked. Debunk, how do you define debunk? Right. Because you chose one side of this. Well, let me, let me, from a biochemical perspective, and then we'll move on because I don't want this to show to be totally about vaccinations. I want to talk about the other stuff that we were talking about. But let me end this with a little biochemical explanation, okay? Vaccinations are tested individually. By the way, I read you, Fred. I wasn't trying to yeah. come at you, but Vaccinations are tested individually, okay? So they usually, the FDA makes them have a certain time span of testing before they're released publicly. Now we know that the pharmaceutical companies can slip the FDA money to avoid that, so that happens, okay? Here's the problem. When they say, okay, this vaccination is fine, the tests say this vaccination's fine, the tests say this vaccination's fine. Okay, that's great. What you don't know is that your child is getting a cocktail of three to five vaccinations that were not studied at what, how they work together, how they react together, and how a body reacts with all five of these injections at the same time. Also, from a biochemical perspective, a child is a different biochemical creature every second. There is that child from a biochemical perspective is never the same child again. Every second the body is growing, the body is changing. Uh, in, in the puberty years, in, well, in the years up to puberty, a child's bones will grow three microns every single hour. I mean, just continually changing, continually growing. Not only that, every human being is different. JC can take Excedrin. I can't. Okay? Some people can do morphine. I can't. I can't do these drugs. A child whose body is changing, an individual child whose body is changing every single second, never the same every single second, how are you going to do a 10-year test study on a body that is not the same as every other body and not the same as itself for the first 16 years of its life? No. So you cannot... There is no such thing as a valid test study on vaccinations for children. It doesn't exist. Let me, uh, I'd like to respond to Jeff Tech. Uh, he says, I don't see how you can say vaccines are big government, but reproductive rights aren't. That's hypocritical. Okay, Jeff, first off, um, I, I see you're using uh, a label that was given to you uh, by, by the pro-abortion crowd. Uh, what is reproductive rights? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, so when you reproduce, all right, that means two humans make another human biologically. Uh, so there is no movement that I'm aware of that is against human beings creating other human beings biologically, yeah, all right? So there's no such thing as an anti-reproductive rights movement. The topic that your fake term uh, actually covers is known as abortion. The word abortion comes from abort, which means to stop. So what is being stopped? The thing that is being stopped is the life process. So 
human beings come together biologically to begin a life process. I'm sure you know the birds and the bees. And so that life process is started. And if the life process is not interrupted, it will create a human being. The result of that will be a human being. Uh, so your choice, the pro-choice, and the choice you're making is to cease the life process. In other words, to take a human life. In other words, if you did not interfere, uh, there would be a child. So you are causing a child not to exist. So from our uh, ethical and moral standpoint, we see that as the taking of human life, which is akin to murder. Now, what we're talking about in vaccines, uh, when, when you say uh, it's big government. So we're talking about the government forcing someone uh, to take a vaccine against their will because they believe, according to many credible medical experts, that there's a danger to their life or their child's life. Your so-called reproductive rights, no one is forcing, well, actually, I guess they are, but it, it, reproductive rights doesn't mean forcing, the government forcing someone to take a life, right? That's your pro-choice. You're saying I should have a right to take a life. Uh, but, however, I'm sure you're not consistent in your belief because you're probably against murder. You could even be against the death penalty. Well, so, well the so equivalent anyway, it's would not be... hypocritical. It's consistent yeah. with everything we're saying. So the exact principles that drive our stance on vaccines are the very same principles that drive our stance on abortion. So we are, in fact, being consistent. I would suggest you're being inconsistent uh, because of your lack of value of human life. The, the, uh, uh, the human uh, that is born, by the way, uh, a so-called fetus inside of a woman is not a body part, okay? So there is, there is no such thing as a body part known as a fetus. So that's not the woman's body. That is a separate entity's body. That is the child's body, okay? So you, you don't have the right to take another life. Uh, now, you can, but there will be consequences. So we're, what we advocate is for the laws to be consistent. If you're going to protect a human life in the cases such as murder, then you should always protect human life. So we value human life. I'm sorry that you haven't come to that point uh, in, in your personal life, but that's what we believe. And we welcome you here and we welcome the conversation. But just since you asked the question about being hypocritical, it's not. It's, in fact, consistent with our beliefs. Well, and... Inconsistent would be... Uh, and Jeff, that's not a medical treatment. No one's being treated there. Not a <laughs> medical treatment. You're ceasing a life. Are you suggesting that the woman is infected by a disease known as life? Is that what you're saying? The, the, the baby is not a disease. So it doesn't need medical... You don't need medical treatment for a baby. It's not an illness. It's not a disease as probably... I mean, maybe you're a fan of President Obama. It's not a disease or an accident, as President Obama suggested. JC, Jeff needs to go read uh, my article at chrisannhall.com called The Inalienable Right to Life. Uh, he, he just made the classic argument that the, it is not a life until it leaves the, the mother's yeah, body. That's, that's, so that's a great let me, let, me, let me address that really quick, and then we're going to move on. Um, he used the word, isn't in, the phrase, isn't independent. Right. Isn't independent. So, so please tell us about. So that. let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Uh, if you pull a fish out of the water and you throw him on the pavement and he dies, 
Was he not alive in the fishbowl? Because your argument, Jeff says, that because he can't live independent outside the fishbowl, he was not alive inside the fishbowl. You see, your life exists inside the, the womb of the mother, which is a fishbowl. If you pull the baby out of the womb, then it's not, it can't live outside its nutrient median like the fish in the fishbowl. Well, that doesn't mean it wasn't alive on the inside. It just means you chose to kill it. You chose to remove it. How about if we take Jeff? No, well, let's not do that because people get all freaky out about that. Yeah, new, term what, new, 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 ter <laughs> new terms. What if you take someone, okay, and you inject them into space? Then in space, what happens? They're not going to be able to survive. They cannot survive in space. Does that mean while they were living here on Earth, they were not alive because they couldn't live independently in space? You know, you know who was also not independent, my friend? Uh, my 79-year-old grandfather. He was also not independent. <laughs> Should we have just simply killed him? Is that the case? Uh, well, they're, they're, he, probably, he probably goes with euthanasia there. Uh, by by the way, on. Jeff, uh, a one-year-old infant is not independent without its mother. Yes. If you put them out on the street, if you throw them outside, you leave them alone, they're going to die, Jeff. Are you saying they're not alive? They deserve to be killed? <laughs> um, I mean, so, uh, th th so that idea, the, the, the argument, it, they aren't independent. That is, you, you have no respect for human life. And by the way, we have people in this chat, we have people that watch us and in this chat room who are not Christians and who are making the same argument mm -hmm. that we're making. Mm -hmm. So, th you know, this is not forcing my morality or religion on anyone. This is the respect for human life, which is what every human being uh, should have, regardless of if you're a person of faith or not, but so much the more when you're a person of faith. But again, we have friends in here in the chat room, Jeff, so you, you can't even use, you can't come against religion just to justify, uh, oh, hi, hyperbole, right? Hyperbole. So he okay. says the baby can't live. We snatched the baby mm -hmm. out of the room. It can't live. Therefore, it shouldn't be killed. That's not hyperbole, Jeff. Okay, so here we go. Chris Ann Hall. Dot com. Uh, go to chrisannhall.com and go look for the article in the inalienable right to life and uh, I will show you and everybody who else is interested maybe some people wanting to articulate the argument that we're giving today it's right there in writing uh, Roe v. Wade is not an, it was not a case based on science it was not even a case based on law it was a case based on agenda. Uh, it was based on bad science, and it was based on illegal, unconstitutional, unsubstantiated legal arguments. And so that's the problem with Roe v. Wade. The other problem with Roe v. Wade is this idea that it's the law of the land. Mm -hmm. Roe v. Wade is not the law of the land. It is a Supreme Court okay. case that involves Roe and Wade, and that's it. And so we just have a society that bows down to the Supreme Court as if they're the supreme rulers of the universe, and we don't challenge it. And, and that's the, what happens. We're going to be challenging And that. by the way, it was argued on privacy, which privacy. is a, a total another Yeah, crock. it was a total, totally But totally Jeff, man, I, I, you know, if you, I don't know if you live in uh, Central Florida, but I'd love to have a cup of coffee with you. We can talk about this all day, every day, as long as you, as long as you like. Unless, well, I, unless this is Jeff from Boston. Uh, if it is, let me know. Then you can get the heck out of here, and we don't want to talk to you at all. Oh, Jeff from Boston. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, Jeff from but Boston. But that's not how Jeff spells his name. Okay, but it could be his way of trying to but disguise Jeff, it. Jeff, let's have coffee, bro. All you're right. Not, you're not going to win. All right, JC, let's talk about this 
thing about can the Supreme Court, uh, so the, here's the article, I've put it up here for you on YouTube. Uh, the Supreme Court can extend Trump's term by up to three years if he's acquitted in the Senate. Okay, so JC, let me ask you this question and I want you to answer it in the same way you're always teaching me about this. Are you ready? Can the Supreme Court extend a president's term up to three years? Uh, no. Oh, can come they? On. Oh, can, can they? they? Can. Thank you. Right. Can, can they? Right. So, sure, they can. Yes, they can. But that's not the real question, is it? But that's not the question, <laughs> right? The question is, you can come back to us. Is it authorized is by the it Constitution? Is it constitutional? So when you ask, when somebody asks you, can the Supreme Court do something? Well, of course they can. But what are they, are they doing what they're doing constitutionally, right? And so uh, that's always the standard. And I would, I would suggest to people, if you look at the history of the, Constitu of the Supreme Court, the Constitution has never really stopped them from doing anything right yeah it's never really stopped them from doing anything it's never really made them do anything at all because remember in 1833 we stopped teaching the constitution the way it was written and started teaching that judges and lawyers know more about the constitution and judicial supremacy reigns and all this other crazy stuff right and so in this article go ahead and put it back up again and i'll i'll scroll down when you get there i want you to i want everybody here liberty class has begun I want you all to recognize something. This is what I teach the students at River University, right? Know your sources. Do these, what are the sources used in this article, right? In this article, uh, Supreme Court written by the Daily World Update. I don't know, is that like a big site? I, I don't know. Uh, it's supposed to be it's satire. Sat yeah, satire for flat earth. So this is probably not even right I mean, no, I no 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 is it even serious this this article is satire right but this and this is the point that I'm trying to make this thing of Trump's term being extended up to three years began repeated. as satire and is being repeated as fact gotcha. okay it is not even real and so number one know your source look at who's writing it it says right there at the top Satire rated. So this is a satire thing. You don't know how many questions I get every single day. Can Trump's term, Trump's term can be extended if he's impeached, right? Okay, so here's the thing. You're being trolled. You are being duped. Come on now. These are like real conservative Trump-loving people, all right? They've I want you to know it's not true. <laughs> now look. So if you don't see the satire thing, the second thing to do when you're reading an article is to realize what sources they use. Can the Supreme Court do it? That's not the question. Does the Constitution allow it to happen? Okay? Here's the thing. You'll see this a lot, and not just in satire, but in real life articles. The only thing they quote is a Supreme Court case or some federal act that was created after the Constitution. There is not a single, single reference to the Constitution of the United States, period. Yeah. Now, I've seen these, these things on, on uh, not satirical websites, right? The bloggers and stuff are talking about this. Maybe it's just wishful thinking. But number one, you cannot, you cannot do this mm. uh, lawfully 
You cannot do this under the Constitution, and I'm blasting this out across the airwaves so I can stop getting six questions a day and seeing 12 tweets. Uh, the, the Democrats don't know that if they impeach him in the House and he's acquitted <laughs> in the Senate, we get three more years. You know, seriously, come on, people. Let's be real about this, okay? I want to be real about this. So you don't have to come to me. Look at the source who's writing the article. If it's CNN writing the article, then look at the sources that they use. Can the sources that they use be traced back to an original source document? And the Supreme Court doesn't have credibility in this, okay? Right. It's Are we uh, done? Yeah, I, I thought it was, I mean, the you, argument you, you, that you, they were making yeah. was, was kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, they were saying because because Nixon, Nixon resigned. Well, because Nixon, the, the article is that the act created said that Nixon, if impeached uh, by the House and cleared by the Senate, could extend his term another three years because the impeachment nullified the first part of his term of office. After he resigned. After he resigned. Yeah. Right. So which, which would, I mean, that... I don't know. You could uh, come on. This it's okay. Sound, it no, but here's crazy. but here's the problem, JC. Because if you want to know about the real precedent, the real precedent impeachment is is that you can be impeached even if you resign. Right, right. Because that's what happened to the Secretary of War Belknap back in the 1800s. He was found guilty by the House of of bribery and treason and uh, violating. <laughs> Uh, laws, uh, violating congressional laws and misappropriating funds, right? Okay. Yeah. So he's found guilty by the House. The, the House was about to hand the impeachment. They voted to impeach him. They were about to hand the impeachment to the Senate, and Belknap rushed into the president's office, fell on his knees, weeping, handing him his, his articles, uh, or his resignation, right? The House even though he was already resigned, the House went ahead and impeached him. Why would they do that, JC? Do you know why? Because once you're impeached, you can never hold office again. Right, right. See, if he were to resign and not be impeached, there would be nothing to stop him from being selected for office again and for running for office again. But because they went ahead and impeached him, even though he, he resigned, it precluded his his chances of ever running for office again. So that's another thing that's happening. I hear a lot of people saying, well, if Donald Trump is impeached, we'll just, you know, that doesn't make him not be able to run for office again. Yes, it does. It absolutely does. And if and, and believe it or not, JC, I'll pull this up here on my laptop so you can see it. There is actually, okay, legal expert arguments that say that the it's a matter of choice right so it says in judgment judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to the removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor trust or profit under the united states but the party sh convicted shall be nevertheless liable and subject to indictment trial judgment punishment according to law right so we talked about this before when we talked about impeachment when you're impeached, mm -hmm. right, both by the House and the Senate, 
That's not over. The crime you committed that right. precipitated your impeachment can now, you can now be tried in a criminal court and you can now go to prison, right? Stop being distracted, Jason. I'm sorry. So you can now be distracted. The trolls are loose in chat. Oh, and it's kind of funny. He's cracking it is? me up. Okay, well, don't be distracted. You're, you're missing out on my points here. And you're distracting everybody I'm else sorry. that's trying to do this. Okay. So, number one, you can only be impeached for the crime of treason, bribery, high crimes, which is a felony, or misdemeanor, which is also yeah. a felony. So if you are impeached by the Senate, and or impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate, you are now removed from office and you can be tried criminally in right. a separate criminal court. Right. Now, this clause, Article 1, Section 3, Clause 7, judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. There are legal experts arguing that this language can be interpreted to mean the Senate can remove that provision and you can still run for office again. Because it says, shall not extend further than. But where the Constitution is silent on things, you don't get to make it up as you go along. Right? It is, they aren't, and, and when you read the terms of impeachment in the article, in the, in the ratification debates, you know they meant you cannot run for office again. If you, if you commit a crime great enough to be removed from office before your term is up, you have violated the trust of the people. You cannot go back. Yeah, it says removal from office and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office. Right. But the party convicted shall nevertheless be liable right. and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment, meaning the criminal court. Right, the qualifier here is the but, mm -hmm. not the hold office again and be removed from office. That is settled. You are, remo you are removed from office and you cannot hold office anymore. The only thing that is left in the open is will you or will you not be criminally tried? Yeah, or are they saying this is what the House and Senate does yeah. only? Right. It's not you, that, right. like the House and Senate is not the one that sends you to the jail. The Senate removes you from office, and that removal says you can't hold office again. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. And so there's no debate there. There is no debate there. What are the trolls about? He's still I, talking about abortion. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Don't feed the trolls, right? Don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the <laughs> trolls. Right? So there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about today. Do, you, do we have enough time to do one more thing, JC, you think? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, here's, here's what I wanted to talk about. What I'm seeing... By, by the way, I, I, I want to say this. Um, with the stuff we saw from, before we move on... From okay, that's entire, fine. The stuff we, we heard from William Barr and, and Horowitz and all that. Uh -huh. So someone like Obama, if, it, you know, if he comes out, which seemed what they were implying, implying that he had some kind of point in starting what they started, which is going to end up being, a, being criminal activity... Mm -hmm akin to treason or a coup or whatever. Obama could then be... Of course, Obama has a lot of things he could be impeached yeah. for, but okay. he could still be All right. impeached. So Obama could still be impeached. Can we talk about this? Hillary Clinton can be impeached. Right. If they impeached Hillary Clinton for the many crimes that we have already seen... Like right? the mishandling of The mishandling of classified information, which right? Which is a crime. A, at least be a misdemeanor. It, it, well, it's a high crime. You yep. go to prison. Sure. 
Right. It, a high crime is one where you go to prison. Gotcha. A misdemeanor, you go to jail or you pay a fine. A high crime, you go to prison. It's a prison uh, sentence for violating what Hillary Clinton did. Because the people like the rest of us who are not in the elite political you know, ruling class, we go to prison for, for things right. that she did. Now, let's be clear. We don't need a criminal conviction in a criminal court to impeach Hillary Clinton. Sure. We need to know that she committed these crimes, which we do know. Comey admitted she committed these crimes. Right. Only he changed the wording of the law when so he you're saying it. it. It has to be a crime. It has right? to be a it has crime. To be a crime that that could be prosecuted in court, but it doesn't have to be prosecuted. You don't have to be convicted of it in a court beforehand right. to be impeached. Exactly, exactly. And so, if you impe if we impeached Hillary Clinton for her many crimes, she could never run for office again. So that's the real precedent. The real precedent is you don't have to be in office anymore to be so, impeached. So, in fact, I mean, if you think about it, hundreds and hundreds of politicians could be impeached. Could be impeached. Still, Still. on Republican side, Democrat right. side. I Absolutely. Mean, there are, we have such a long history of political corruption in this country. I mean, that's that's the one thing that's absolutely bipartisan mm -hmm. <laughs> about our politics. So speaking of trolls, JC, um, somebody accused me of being a never-Trumper because of my stand on the USMCA. You sent me the uh -oh, post. Oh, poor Fred. Oh, no. Fred, we're, you guys are attacking Fred. I wasn't no, 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 attacking no, 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 no. Remember, be cordial. Be cordial. Everybody be nice. You're not allowed to attack people. That's not what we're allowed to do here. Be cordial. Use big words, not Fred, bad words. Fred, we appreciate you, man. Don't. Just, no, uh, no, no, no. We don't attack people. Just don't, explaining. Don't, uh, don't degrade to the trolling. The don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Fred's not a troll. 45 no, no, lies no, 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 no. is a troll. Fred's not a troll. We appreciate you being here, Fred. Don't. Don't, don't leave, do this. Man. Don't do that. All right. So, JC, focus on me now. You sent me, somebody had posted on Facebook that I am a, a dangerous never-Trumper. <laughs> right? I'm, you remember this, right? Yeah. I'm a dangerous never-Trumper because I do not support USMCA and that I'm spewing lies about USMCA and that she has a number of credible experts by two. which... Two. Two. Two credible Okay, experts. two. Two. Thank you. A number of two. Two credible experts to which she's going to bring forward to prove that I'm dangerous. Right? And so here's the thing. Uh, one of the things that I'm seeing over and over again is this... Uh, Institute for International Economic Policy memo from George Washington University mm -hmm. um, that, what are we doing? You're confusing. Just keep okay. Tracy, uh, <laughs> stop doing that. Uh, that actually uh, talks about, can you put that up there so can. they can mm -hmm. see this? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this, uh, this article. For Congress, okay, this was written by the Institute for International Economic Policy by the George Washington University uh, for Congress about U.S. Congress and trade policy. And the interesting thing in here is in this article, it talks about the existence of something called trade agreements, okay? There is no such thing in the Constitution as a trade agreement. The only thing in the Constitution about trade 
is a treaty. Treaties work are created for trade negotiations, for peace negotiations, and for foreign relations. Treaties by Article 2 are negotiated by the President and ratified by the Senate. The House of Representatives has nothing to do with treaties. Let me say that one more time. The House of Representatives has nothing to do with treaties. And so what we have here is post-constitutional authorization for a process that does not constitutionally exist. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so I want to explain this to you how this works. It says here, and this is what's crazy, uh, about the Congress consists of two houses, the House of Representatives and the Senate. The House members are elected in districts, blah, 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 blah. Two-thirds of the majority of both houses may vote to override a presidential veto. Congress also oversees implementation of U.S. law by the president and the executive branch. Now, all of that has absolutely nothing to do with trade, right? Their about thing talks about the role of the House and the Senate in making laws. A trade agreement is not a law. It's a treaty. It's different. It's distinctly different. It's created to be different. It has different restrictions. As a matter of fact, the founder said very clearly that a treaty cannot enforce law on the American people. That's what it cannot do. Now let's look at this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scroll down here so you guys can see this. It's role in trade, because here's the problem that I have. Read this first sentence with me, everybody. The U.S. Constitution grants the legislative branch authority to regulate international trade, including establishing tariffs, drafting and implementing trade agreements, and other provisions affecting commerce within the United States. JC, bring me back. Mm -hmm. Okay? Search Article 1 of the Constitution. Search it. I mean, seriously, search it. If you go to uh, Cornell University's law page, they'll give you the entire text of Article 1 as one continuous thing, right? Read it. Nowhere, and I mean nowhere, does the Constitution grant the House of Representatives the authority to draft and implement trade agreements. That does not exist. I'm hearing this over and over again. This is a congressional act. This is not a Constitution. Yet this document right here, written by George Washington University wonks and professors, given to the House and the Senate as their authority on what they can and cannot do, says right there, go ahead and put it back soon, and maybe you can highlight it, you can sh maybe I can highlight it, show how we do that. Go ahead. Um, says that the U.S. Constitution, to see what that says? The U.S. Constitution grants the legislative branch the authority to draft and implement trade agreements. Mm -hmm. That is a lie. Okay. That is an absolute fallacy. But now that's why you have Nancy Pelosi tell, and, and that's why you have these trade agreements, right? And they can do, they claim they can do things in trade agreements 
that they're not allowed to do in treaties. Well, we can make a trade agreement that makes an agreement with the United Nations to take your guns. I realize treaties are not allowed to do that, but this is not a treaty. This is a trade agreement. Treaties are not allowed to create laws on American people. A treaty cannot be used to create laws to be enforced on the people. That was a huge provision. Treaties are only created to create commerce agreements and peace agreements and war agreements with foreign nations. They are foreign agreements. They are not supposed to control the people. And once again, at chrisannhall.com, I have an article uh, that will teach you about treaties. So we just go to chrisannhall.com, you go to the search engine, you go to treaties. Oh, you need to click back on here. Mm -hmm. There you go. Okay, go to chrisannhall.com, go to the search en engine, and the thing's not working again. Yep, just type. Okay. Uh, nope, I'm typing. Your it's not working. Died. My keyboard died. Okay, so search the word treaties, and you'll pull up several articles on treaties, all based on what the founders said about treaties. And the founders said very clearly, you are not allowed to create laws for uh, on the people through treaties. Uh, Jefferson said that a treaty cannot do what the Constitution does not authorize the federal government to do in the first place. So the federal government isn't authorized to create regulatory laws on our businesses. That's an invented law itself. So they can't make a treaty to do that. And so what I'm trying to teach you here is that the whole argument of Nancy Pelosi and the House of Representatives being involved in a treaty is a constitutional fallacy. So point number one for the experts out there that want to say that Chris Ann Hall does not want, know what she's talking about. The fact that you think that the USMCA is constitutional in the very beginning makes your credibility suspect. Because the USMCA is not a treaty. It is a trade agreement. And trade agreements are not based in the Constitution. So there's your little lesson on treaties of the day. Did they catch it in the room, or are they still chasing trolls? No, there's. I think there's only one troll left. Oh, good. Uh, Stins, which this is a typical, like, this typical comment. You got several videos and shows on this. Uh, so kind of mockingly says, I don't like your free speech. I'm going to block you and claim I'm a constitutionalist. So this is that's like a common thing with statist, yeah. Republican and liberal yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and Democrat yeah, yeah. statist. Who who don't understand free speech? Like you don't have a free you don't have free speech on on a private right. This is private. I don't work for the government. Exactly, it's not government. Your it's tax government dollars entity. don't fund my show. Okay, you got no free speech here, buddy. If you want to go have your free speech, go make your own Facebook. Go make your own YouTube show. Go start your own show. We don't know how many of your people in your echo chamber will watch you, but go start your own show. The federal government, no government has control over YouTube. They're a private entity, and you don't have control over my YouTube show. I will block you. And, by the and way, that's why I said be cordial. If you can't yeah. be nice, and if you're going to use foul language, 
we will block you. And well, that is a guarantee. I'm not going to allow it. It's not going to happen. And debaters are welcome, by the way. Absolutely. Not trolls. Like, so no, not if trolls. you have a, a differing opinion, like if Jeff says this was debunked and then, you know, Our I was friend. talking about Fred, Fred said it was debunked and we talked about debunk and then Jeff was talking about what is life and reproductive rights and whatever. Right. And you heard the other side of the debate. I'm not saying you're stupid, you're an idiot, attack me, whatever. But then if you come on and just, this person's an idiot, that person's blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. th that doesn't add anything. That's not debate. That's not a conversation. That's just wasting people's time. Um, if you want to do that, then, you know, when you're back in high school tomorrow, you know, you can do that with your friends all you want. But this is a place for adults. So, so anyway, that's how that works. at any given point, at any given point, Chris Ann is a never Trumper. Yeah. Or she's a sycophant. So how I, I guess I'm a never Trumper. I'm here writing with my Trump Hotel pen. Does yeah. that make does now that make me a sycophant because yeah. I have a Trump Hotel pen? Right. You know. Okay. Look, JC said it earlier today. If there's one thing that we endeavor to be, it's consistent. Mm -hmm. And that's why one day I'm a never Trumper and the next day I'm a sycophant, because I stick with the liberty principles. And I'm going to criticize Trump when he's wrong. And uh, he's wrong about the USMCA. The entire Republican Party is wrong about the USMCA. Uh, and I'm not alone, by the way. I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just with a few people that, that actually read the thing and are not subject to personality cult worship. Right, not Trump, a Trump worshiper or a Trump hater. I'm not a, I'm not a worshiper or a hater of any human being. I, I, I have a big enough God yeah. to consume all of that for me, right? My God is so huge, he can take all the worship, all the praise I got. Mm. I don't need to spread it around. And I got a husband that I worship and adore. He can take all of it himself, so I don't need anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I have a 13-year-old. I think I worship him too, so... <laughs> But that's the point. Look, if you if you want if you want to be stuck in your echo chamber, if you want to never be disagreed with, if you never want to hear anything different, then 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 go s stick with those people. This is not the place for you. We are going to bring you liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. And that's obviously, I mean, our pastor gave a whole sermon about it this last Sunday. That's obviously going to rub people the wrong way. Why are you smiling at me like that? No, I just listen, <laughs> man. I, I, I agree with you totally. And, I, and it's not, not that we don't, we don't normally chase trolls and whatever. Just, you know, just one of those days trying to lay the groundwork mm -hmm. uh, for the chat and the show that basically saying you're all welcome. But here's the thing. I mean, if you want to come and discuss it, if you want to make a point, right? And I right. thought, Jeff, you know, Jeff was making... Uh, making a making a point, and yeah. he, Jeff, you're a little sensitive, which that's fine too, buddy. But you know, Jeff, Jeff was making an argument. Yeah, he wasn't just you know throwing in something, yeah, saying something like, stupid. Uh, but you know, a guy like Forty Five Lies, he's not actually contributing. No, anything. You want to hear so, about consistency, hey, JC? We appreciate you guys being here and uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. So just one more note about consistency, right? Because of the whole never Trumper sick pant thing. So you know how Facebook shows you your memories? Well, it just so happens that my memory from six years ago was this. I've just ended, and this is a Facebook post that I made. I just ended my participation on an attack perpetrated against me and my teaching. 
I was accused of being abusive to politicians, Alan West in particular. Accused of being abusive by people who have, by their own admission, never met me, heard me speak, or read my teaching. I wanted to share my response with you so that you can see what abusive looks like. To me, it looks strangely like truth. So six years ago, people were hating on me because I was pointing out that Alan West is in favor of indefinite detention. Alan West was in favor of the federal government taking over the internet. Uh, Alan West was against the property rights of the people in drilling here in America uh, and, and a, a number of other things, right? And I just pointed all this out. And now, all, and then I was being hated on there because I was pointing out truth on Alan West as well. So, you know, and you stood firm too for six yeah, years, and six I think years. just recently that you you and Alan West connected as yes. far as discussing and dealing with other things. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just I hate Alan West. It wasn't personal. No, it was about it's the not thing. personal. And so to his credit, I mean, although he got he was in a huff for real. He but, was but in I mean, a he was in a huff for real. But to his credit, for real, he <laughs> he later. Yep. talked to you, interacted with you, and vice versa. So yeah, I actually. Uh, helped him defend a position that he was taking against uh, he's against the TAPS Act yeah. he's against red flag laws he's uh, running to be the chairman of the Republican Party for the state of Texas and he was getting flack from people and they were telling me call Alan West talk to Alan West we need to know what Alan West believes about this and so Alan West and I sat down and on the phone and had a conversation and and I was able to uh, to to take what he said and relay it back to the people. I think what I really did is sort of uh, reinterpret what he was trying to say, which wasn't coming out as well as he wanted it to. Right. And so it, it is very clear to me that Alan West is uh, against the TAPS Act and Alan West is against red flag laws. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't change you know his position before. But then again, if I hated Alan West, right? then I wouldn't have talked to him again. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to talk to him friendly. So for us, remember, principle over personality. Principle over party. Truth over personality. Liberty over security. All right. Appreciate you guys being here. See you Thank next time. You. Thanks for joining in on our chit chat. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.